Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast PMM Interviews. In this podcast, we explore tips for how to interview like a boss for product marketing candidates through the lens of experienced leaders who run product marketing at some of the fastest growing technology companies in the world. I'm Nupur, I'm a product marketer at Twilio. I'm really passionate about instilling confidence in aspiring candidates who are either thinking about pursuing a career in product marketing or are simply looking for tangible frameworks and takeaways in their current role to get to that next step. So if you're here for the first time and wondering what to expect, this show will help you navigate your career with the confidence you need to unlock your full potential in interviews, which is a stressful high-stakes situation to begin with. Product marketing interviews are brought to you by Sharebird, the product marketing mentoring platform. Before we get started, shout out to our sponsor, LaunchNotes. Trusted by hundreds of leading product marketing teams, LaunchNotes is the only dedicated platform for product change. Publish and send product updates, create and share product roadmaps, and collect and synthesize customer feedback, all in a way that's personalized, automated, and secure. And with that, let me introduce you to our guest for today, Aneri Shah, who is a product marketing lead at WhatsApp. Everyone knows WhatsApp unless you're living under a rock. Aneri, can you tell us what you work on specifically at WhatsApp? Sure. Hey, everyone. Really great to be on this podcast. I work on our WhatsApp business platform, which is a solution for larger businesses to communicate with their customers on WhatsApp and use WhatsApp for marketing, commerce, and customer service. So everyone knows WhatsApp is a consumer app, but I'm working on our our first monetized product and really excited to see it ramp up over the next couple of years. That's amazing. And monetization is hardcore product marketing. So this sounds like a massive undertaking. Another question that I'd like to start before we go ahead with the podcast is what's top of mind for you these days? Sure. So a couple of things that are top of mind for me. So when it comes to the business, I'm really focused on growing the number of businesses who can access our platform and moving us from the limited data that our product is currently in to general availability. And then, you know, given that it's Q4, I'm really focused on roadmap planning, hiring, and scaling our processes to accommodate our growing team. Well, listeners, there you have it. If you're looking for a new gig and WhatsApp is where you might want to be, listen to the rest of this podcast. You might just walk away with some wonderful tips to crack your interview. So Aneri, you are someone that has had a long career in product marketing. Just before this started, we talked a little bit about you working in B2B and B2C. So you've probably interviewed a lot of candidates over the years. So what's your favorite interview question to ask candidates applying for a product marketing position? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I've worked across B2B, B2C, larger company startups. So I've seen a lot of different ways in which product marketing interviews have been done, both as an interviewee and an interviewer. So some of my favorite questions to ask in the screener round, especially, are getting to mini case questions so I can see the structure in a candidate's line of thinking and especially their product sense. So what is your favorite product and why is one of my go-tos. And I like to understand, you know, how does the candidate think as a product marketer versus just a consumer of a product? And then I'll often push a little bit deeper on what would you improve about this product? How would you prioritize some of the improvements that you suggest? And I just want to make sure that a candidate has a good product sense and is able to show that thinking that is somewhat more elevated than just an average consumer of a product. That's super interesting. So you're really diving deep into their product knowledge and if they're thinking out of the box and not just really thinking about the consumer perspective, but how are they thinking about the product in a more technical sense, in the go-to-market sense? What would they change? That's super interesting to me. I haven't heard that one in a while, but is that something that you use very frequently? 
It is something that I use really frequently, especially as a screener question. I think it's so easy to focus a phone screen or an earlier round interview on some of the behavioral aspects, and you don't necessarily have the time to go into a full case and really understand how they would think about solving a specific problem. So this to me is a good example of a question that can take five to 10 minutes and you get a sense of their structured thinking while still leaving enough time in the rest of the call to understand more about their background and what they're looking for. That's very interesting, especially because, yeah, you said that this is going to be something that you ask in a screening round. I imagine not a lot of candidates would be expecting this, and that helps you weed out some of the ones that aren't prepared for something like this. And they're just taking it lightly in that first round where they think they're just going to come in and talk a little bit about what they're working on. So that's very cool to hear. Let me move on to another question. So what are some of the common mistakes you see candidates make in PMM interviews? Like if you had to sit someone down and say, hey, make sure you avoid these common things what would those be? Yeah, I think one is not showing their understanding of marketing as a craft and really thinking about marketing as a consumer, kind of related to the previous question. You know, marketing and product marketing feels like one of those things that a lot of people feel like they can do. But during an interview, I want to make sure they truly understand what does the process look like as a product marketer? What is the value you can add? Uh, what are some of the key activities and deliverables? And they're able to back that up with previous experience as well. So I think really being able to show that is super helpful. A second is not really communicating the, the cross-functional nature of the role. I think product marketing is such a, a highly cross-functional role. I probably work with 20 to 30 different functions on a day-to-day -day basis, as I'm sure you do too. And so when a candidate is really focused on I statements, I did this, doesn't seem to have that good understanding of how you would work with other functions, what those, you know, the nuances of, of those relationship dynamics and how to resolve them. I think that's another mistake in showing your preparedness to actually step into this role. I really like that. And you really nailed the nail on the head. Not really communicating the cross-functional nature of the role is a big one. I think that definitely like the product marketing role is one that is sort of the quarterback, right? You're working with demand gen, you're working with extended marketing, you're working with product, you're working with sales. You're sort of quarterbacking the whole process, whether it's for a launch or even for like just a campaign. So I definitely hear you on that. Are there specific questions or prodding questions that you typically ask to kind of suss that out from candidates to see if they have those cross-functional skills, especially because again, being a PMM candidate, you're a quarterback. So there might be areas where you own something and areas where you just contribute to something. So how do you weed that out? Absolutely. So I think I'll start with some of the behavioral questions around, tell me about a time you had a, a conflict with another team, or tell me about a time that you've seen differences in perspectives and how did you resolve that? And I think a lot of that comes through very naturally in that. I would say the other way that I do it is throughout their interview responses as they're telling stories in response to other questions, asking more probing questions on, you know, who did you work with on this? What were some of the challenges that you saw? Who are the, the key teams that you collaborate with? And being able to see that come through just in every question that they answer. That's wonderful. So you talked about some of these questions that you're asking and you already somewhat hinted at this, but what other skills are you trying to suss out in PMM interviews? What are the atomic skills you're looking for? And does that skill set change or not depending on the seniority of the person that you're interviewing? 
Sure. Yeah. So some of the key skills that I'm trying to look for are number one, strategic thinking. Can they approach a broad and uh, ambiguous problem and think about it in a structured way to help get to a response? I think that's incredibly important for PMMs. The second is influence. A lot of your currency as a PMM is your ability to influence a product roadmap, influence a team or an outcome or, or the way that something is positioned and sold. And so how are we able to see some of those soft skills like influence come through? A third is just the ability to be scrappy and and get things done. And this is actually something that will vary by role and by company and team that someone is interviewing for. For me as a hiring manager, I find that a really important trait just based on kind of where our business is is what have candidates done in situations where they didn't have the full resources or time, or there was some sort of constraint, how do they respond to that and then rise to the occasion? So those are really some of the key traits that I'm looking for. And then additionally, depending on the role, obviously looking for kind of domain expertise, having solved similar problems before. But to me, I think a lot of those traits are the most important thing is just Is someone going to come into this role and give it their all and be able to think through things in a way that is going to get us the results that we need? And then to the second part of your question on how does that skill set change depending on the seniority of the PMM? I think definitely you expect more of each thing based on how senior the person is. But additional things I would look for when it comes to seniority are one, independence and autonomy. How independently is someone able to do this versus how much do they have to rely on their manager or their peers to help? them drive an outcome. And then secondly, full ownership. So what is a project that they've owned from end to end? What are all of the things they did? And are they going to be able to just take something and run with it? Which I think is really a a more important trait in a more senior position. I really love that. And going back to your earlier points, the three things that you said were strategic thinking, ability to influence a product roadmap or outcome and ability to be scrappy and get things done. That makes a whole lot of sense because the other thing is I think product marketing is so different from company to company. And it's also so different within a company. Like what I do in my role in product marketing is very different from what my other peers do at Twilio. And that's also interesting. I think we all come with like different problems that we're solving for our product. And so just having someone who can be strategic and whether they've done the same thing before or not, but can they think out of the box and in the moment and be able to strategize a plan is something that's extremely critical. So I really like that ambiguous problem uh, piece that you shared. The uh, other one was, of course, like independence and autonomy to do things for like more senior roles. I find that very interesting. I'd love to learn a little bit more about like, what does that entail in terms of project? Can you give an example of that when you say they own an end-to-end outcome? Does that mean like an end-to-end product instead of being one single person on a product, but rather an end-to-end product or an end-to-end, say, an outcome for the business? Absolutely. I think it can be either depending on kind of the PMM profile. An example, I have a coworker that I've worked on changing our pricing model entirely. And that's a huge lift, you know, changing a pricing model, being able to do the inbound work to define what is the right pricing model? How do we benchmark against all of the other competitors? Being able to get a lot of the internal alignment you need around a change that is as large as that. And then also being able to drive the go-to-market. How do we communicate the price change? What are the expectations? What do we need in support of this launch? 
I think that's the kind of project that a PMM could really own. And so someone who's going to be able to do that with a strong level of independence, where you're absolutely collecting inputs from other people, you're getting the feedback, you're bringing it to a broader forum for discussion, but you can really quarterback and lead that from end to end. I think that's something that is really valuable in a more senior PMM. And there are a lot of you know complex product launches where are you going to be able to lead a complex product launch by yourself? Or do you feel like you might need to rely on others? And just what does that mean for kind of the scoping of the role and the level of impact that a hiring manager can expect from you? That's a wonderful point. Thank you for sharing that. If there is anyone listening right now and you're looking for that next step in your career, if you want to go to a senior product marketing position, then that's something to take away. You'd probably want to seek projects which show that you have autonomy and ownership over an entire area, whether that's a product launch or another strategic initiative, like as Anari mentioned, driving a pricing strategy for the company. I think that's phenomenal. So that's good input. It's good advice. Anari, do you run interviews where you ask someone in a one-on-one setting and then there's a case or a homework assignment, like later I'm talking about post-screening. Are there other rounds where you like to structure your interviews around something that's a take-home assignment or something that they bring to the table and present in front of a panel? Are those sorts of things that you also structure around interviews? Yes, at WhatsApp, we do do a case. And I found the case to be really, really helpful in just gauging how much the candidate is going to be able to jump into a role. And then from a candidate perspective, I've also found it very helpful when I've been the candidate to see like, is this work aligned with what I actually want to do? Am I excited when trying to solve this problem? So I think a case is a really beneficial thing as part of interviewing. And so I've seen cases done in a couple of different ways. So at WhatsApp, we ask, can you come up with a new monetization area? And so that's a really broad prompt. And the idea is how would they structure it? You know, what are the key components that they're putting together as part of their presentation? Other cases I've done are focused on, you know, can you share how you would think about the go-to-market for X product? And you share a little bit of context on what that product looks like, and then have the candidate put together a go-to-market. I've seen other cases that include deprecations. How would you lead the deprecation for this product? How would you make your recommendation? What are the factors you would consider? And then I've also seen others that are more data oriented. So here's a funnel. When looking at this funnel, what are the things that you think through? What are the product recommendations that you would put together as a result of this? So I think cases can be done in a lot of different ways. And for the case, there are a few things that we're looking at. So the first is how do they structure their thoughts and put it together in some sort of deliverable? Then the second is how do they present that? Do they have the presentation skills and the executive presence that align with what we're looking for in this role? And then the third one is how do they answer questions? And, you know, are they able to think through things on the spot without preparation? And, you know, how kind of like thorough is their understanding of this area? So what's up when we do cases, we actually focus on having a case very much mirror what a real life kind of presentation would look like, where you've sent the pre-read in advance, you only spend the first five to 10 minutes walking through, and then the rest of the time is spent on Q&A and having a more interactive discussion, because we think that's more indicative of the type of experience that you would actually have in the role. I love that. I completely agree with you. Like 100%, I think case interviews are so important to your point, not just for, you know, the company that's hiring, but also for the candidate. Sometimes there are just problems that you realize as like you get these case interviews that this is not something that I want to solve. It's not the kind of work I want to do going forward. And you as a candidate get that like very early on and you can make that decision. So that totally makes sense. I really liked the the four different kinds of 
cases that you interview for and a particular one was interesting, which was the deprecation of a product. And I don't think a lot of product marketers have had that experience. So do you have any tips for anyone if they get a case that is about how would you deprecate a product? What would be your tips to tackle that sort of a question? Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, what it comes down to is you don't necessarily have to have handled a deprecation by yourself. Deprecation is one specific kind of solution here. Like a a similar case could be how would you cross sell or upsell a, a product? And so I think the goal is even if you haven't encountered this kind of specific scenario, what are the considerations that you would think through when putting together a plan for that? So if you're doing a deprecation for the first time, what are the strategic considerations you would make about whether to deprecate a product? What is the data you would look at? What are the qualitative insights that you're trying to collect when making that decision? Then put forth your recommendation on whether to deprecate. And then once it comes to the actual tactical details of what does a deprecation look like, it's who are your customers? Who feels the impact of this deprecation? You know, what does it look like for a transition plan? Are there other products that they're moving to? Is there data that they need to download before they lose access to a product? Are there pricing implications? So making sure that you have a good idea of what are those questions that you would ask? And then tactically, what does your timeline look like for deprecation? Like what communications do you provide? How far in advance? How often are you checking in? Are there other teams involved? How do sales and partnerships teams play a role? So just making sure that you've kind of checked all of your boxes and you're thinking through things in a comprehensive way. And I think this goes for all interview case questions where no one expects you to know the business in such a high level of detail when you're interviewing for a role, but making sure that you have the right sets of, here are the questions I would ask. You know, if I were in this role, here's the data that I would look at and making sure that it seems like you would be prepared to actually handle that scenario in a real world uh, setting. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, where someone who is new to WhatsApp or doesn't know too much about WhatsApp or about the business in general, how would they handle it? But it sounds like the kind of things that you're looking for is just more of like structured thinking, executive presence and being like a logical candidate. I think that makes sense. Well, I have another question for you. So if you are an aspiring product marketer and you've never been in the role before, are there any tips you have for aspiring PMMs or for any PMMs that are just starting to get into the interview prep process? Sure. I have a bunch of tips. So the first is in terms of what kinds of materials you can use to prep. I would always recommend that every candidate think about both consulting interview prep as well as PM interview prep, where both of those have a decent amount of overlap with the PMM role and the PMM interview process, but there's just a lot more that has been written about them. And so I recommend reading a book like a case in point for consulting interview prep, where you have a sense of what does it mean to go through a case type interview, or even if it's a mini case question asked in the interview, what's the structure that you should think about? What are the types of problems you might be asked to solve? And for case in point specifically, they have a a section of their book focused on marketing cases that I find really helpful. I've also found that some PMM roles can go into actual consulting type questions. Like my first job out of college was at Microsoft on their product marketing team. And I was asked a market sizing question, which can be quite common, especially in earlier stage roles. So I think making sure that I went through consulting prep was really helpful in preparing for that interview process. And then the second one was product management, where now there's a whole kind of proliferation of books, videos, interview series uh, about product manager interviews. And they do tend to be somewhat analogous, especially when it comes to the product sense or product design interview. So I'd really recommend kind of prepping for that when it comes to a PMM interview. That's the first tip. 
The second tip is depending on what your prior experience is, whether you have been a PMM for a while or you're breaking into the role from an adjacent function, thinking about what really are the expectations in the role and what in your background might map to similar work. And so I found that a lot of really successful PMM candidates haven't necessarily had PMM experience in the past. It's a relatively new field and someone who's kind of breaking into it for the first time is often coming from a related field. So really scouring their background to think about, oh, but there might've been examples of times that I did competitive analyses of times that I ran alpha or beta programs um, of times where I effectively coordinated a launch and being able to pull those in so that for the behavioral portion of the interview, you are using the right examples that are able to convince the manager and the panel that you have done this type of work in the past, even if you haven't necessarily held that title. I love that. That makes a whole lot of sense. And I've actually seen a lot of candidates come from product management to product marketing recently, and that's been super interesting. And there's so much overlap. I mean, even like in some cases, in some companies, they're so aligned. Uh, Product marketing could easily do the role of a product manager, and there's a lot of movement both ways. So I really like that. The other thing that I've been seeing recently is a lot of people who are in market research roles, like who work for like an analyst company with those sorts of titles they are also switching to product marketing. And there is a lot of overlap there with market research and developing competitive positioning and all of that. So they're doing really, really well in these interviews. So that's also super cool. I also like that you talked about case interviews and case in point. I love that book. I think I'm going to go back and take a look at the marketing and cases there. I, I hadn't thought about that in a while. It's been a while. So thank you for that tip. That's really cool. Okay. Well, I know we're kind of running short on time. So any last tips, Aneri, that you want to share? How can one set themselves apart in these PMM interviews, especially because there are so many good candidates hungry for all the same awesome jobs? Yes, I think just some things to keep in mind if you're a candidate interviewing for PMM roles. One, really showcase your passion for the role. What are you excited about? What is the work that you'd be looking to do? What do you love about the product? And I think that passion can really go uh, a long way. Second is thinking to your own personal experience. What are the experiences that you're really proud of and that communicate who you are as a leader and as a marketer and will help the the panel see that. So another favorite question that I like to ask in interviews is what is your proudest accomplishment? And I feel like this gives me a really good sense of What does that person deem as something that they're really proud of? What were the skills that they demonstrated in that experience and how relevant would those skills be to the new role? And I think you just hear some incredible stories that way. So don't be afraid to share those kinds of stories about like, what is the really cool work that you have done in the past that showcase the kinds of traits, the leadership, determination, grit, influence, et cetera, that you would bring to a new role. So I think that's the second one. And then the third is, again, focusing on cross-functional influence, definitely have that come through during the interview, but also think about what does it look like throughout the interview process? So in most interview processes with your final loop, you will be meeting people from various functions. And those functions are often going to be the functions that you collaborate with most closely in the role. So how do you demonstrate your interest in the work they do in the type of partnership that you're going to have? How do you really bring those other cross-functional stakeholders along the journey as well? And I think that can be so important. And a lot of candidates will focus on the hiring manager or the other PMMs in the room, but make sure whoever else is on the interview panel, whether a PM, a finance manager, a sales director, that they are all excited about you and what you would bring to the team as well. 
I really like that. I think passion is such an important one, the one that you started with. In my first job ever, where I was a product marketing intern, my hiring manager at the time, he was this really superbly smart person. And I had never done product marketing before, but he said that I used the word passion multiple times <laughs> in that interview. And that somehow just made him give me the job. And obviously, like I didn't come from product marketing, I came from engineering and I had no experience prior, but he somehow latched onto that word. And so hearing you say this is making me go back to that memory. So that's super interesting. And yeah, I really like the other question too, like your proudest accomplishment, because to your point, it showcases what this interviewee is prioritizing as something that's important and talking about that. And so that's something that you also want to kind of gauge. So yeah, and cross-functional influence, of course, that's a really important one. I think one other thing that I like to look for is their customer centricity. And so that's one thing that I like to gauge in interview while interviewing candidates as well, because there's so many products out there and how these products serve the needs of customers is ultimately what makes the products win. So I kind of look for like, have they had experience with voice of the customer and getting that sort of research and, you know, influence the roadmap or the product in any way from that research. So I also look for that additional one little piece of customer centricity. I love that. That's so true. And I think, you know, depending on the kind of PMM role you have, customer centricity can present itself in so many different ways, which is why I think it's important. Like it looks very different in a B2C role where customer centricity is often closer to user research or or just kind of talking to consumers versus customer centricity in a B2B setting where you're often a lot more involved with the sales or, or partnerships teams. Absolutely. All right, Aneri, I have another question for you. So what about before the interview? What's in the resume that stands out and helps these candidates get to the interview in the first place? Absolutely. I think one of the first things that is really important in the resume is that the candidate has a cohesive story of how their career came together. It can be difficult for that to come through in a one-page resume, but really being able to see how did your previous experiences tie to you becoming a product marketer? What was the thread that connected them all? And making it feel like an aha moment for whoever is reviewing the resume, like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. They may not have always done this, but I see why their previous experiences would add this level of depth or make them better at the role. That is super helpful, first of all. I think secondly is being able to show what does impact look like in your role. So I think often, you know, a resume can look quite similar to a job description, but what feels different is what are some of the accomplishments that you specifically had? Are there internal awards that you won? Was there a launch you had that was disproportionately successful? Like, what are you really proud of? And what does that tell us about you? So that's the second thing that is, uh, is super important. And then the third is just honestly, having like a good, clear resume, you know, no typos, very clear and clean formatting that makes it easier for someone to read. I think just that level of professionalism helps bring a resume across the finish line. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I made a typo on my first resume and they actually called that out in the interview and I got the job, but what actually helped move the needle was when they called it out, I accepted it graciously, but don't do that. Don't make the typo in the first place, That would be better. <laughs> but I accepted it graciously and I even called out how, you know, writing is such a core product marketing skill and, and that typo is not a reflection of who I am and who I want to be. And so I think that helped, but definitely don't like 
come up, be extremely professional, have that tight, concise resume that's one page and not two page, right, Aneri? You shouldn't spill over. Absolutely. Don't spill over. And one of the things that drives me crazy is a lot of people have like one and a quarter page. And sometimes (laughs) it feels like, could you not do the work to condense this quarter page into one page? And I think it just almost says something about your work ethic that you weren't willing to put in that extra time to to make it work. A typo is accidental, but the, the formatting thing and making sure it's one page and it's clean and clear and easy to read will help go a long way. Totally. And another point about, um, you know, talking about the success metrics and having those highlighted in your resume. I really like that. But I also want to call out that just don't put vanity metrics in there. Like my email got like really high CTR. That's not what people are looking for in your resume. They're kind of looking for more deeper impact that you can make for the business. So remember that it's not vanity metrics, but metrics that move the business in a positive way. Those are really good tips. Another question for you, like with all of these interviews, there's a bunch of people, a bunch of stakeholders that are participating either in the form of a panel or in a one-on-one setting. Are there specific things that you ask them to probe for? Like is a product manager asking something specific versus like a demand gen manager or, you know, anyone else in that interview cycle? Yeah. So we have a couple of key things that we're gauging throughout the interview process and we'll have one interviewer focused on each specific thing. So one interview will be focused on your inbound skills, which is your ability to gather insights and have them influence the product roadmap. So, you know, your competitive analysis, your synthesizing insights across the industry, your ability to influence. And so it'll go really deep into inbound. And I think that one is also the one where sometimes there's a case or like a mini case study. The second one will focus on outbound. So what are examples of go-to-markets that you've led? Or how would you think through go-to-market planning? What are trade-offs or decisions you've had to make in launch planning? How do you communicate something? How do you think about messaging and positioning? So those are two kind of really foundational aspects of the PMM role. The third interview will often focus on collaboration and working with peers. And that'll be a peer from another function on, you know, how have you worked with integrated marketing teams in the past? How do you work with user research? What do you do when there are conflicts? How do you influence certain outcomes? And so making sure that collaboration piece is set. And then the final interview we do focuses on leadership. And so this involves, you know, how have you demonstrated leadership? In in what capacity have you presented to executive leadership, gotten buy-in on an idea you've had, you know, been able to demonstrate some of that strength? And then also often where you go in depth on career aspirations. So making sure that this is a mutual fit, that this role is aligned with what you want out of your career, understanding how you're thinking about your career. And I think that's really important, especially for the hiring manager to get. I like that a lot because I think as a hiring manager, you are also hiring someone not for the short term, but more for the long term, right? You don't want someone to come in and just leave the company within a year because it's not a good fit. So I think understanding the career aspirations is so key so that you can actually manage their career and help them grow into the role that they actually want to be. Because these are all just steps that everyone is taking for this higher purpose where they want to be like five years from now and 10 years from now. So I really like that you're looking for what their career aspirations are, because if you're hiring someone and you're putting the effort into it, you want to keep them long-term so that they achieve their goals and you achieve your goals. So that's super key. Well, last question from my side is, what are some of the interesting questions that you've been asked in interviews? 
Oh, so many fun ones. One thing that has always surprised me is I have like an interest section on my resume, which I know many people do. And I have some volunteer experiences and hobbies. And I'm always surprised at how much that comes up in interviews. <laughs> so, you know, definitely make sure you have something interesting to, to share about yourself personally, because it, it makes for such a good conversation starter. There was one interview I had when I was interviewing to, to join Facebook for the first time. My conversation with the director was almost 50% focused on just that single line in my interests about a volunteer experience I had. <laughs> and so you never know what someone is really going to catch on to. So I think that's a really helpful one. What are some other examples you can think of? that you've been asked? Well, actually, mine's slightly different where I've been asked what's not on your resume, but you'd like to share. So (laughs) it's sort of the flipped version of what you've been asked where, you know, they take something that's on your resume. And so I think what people were actually looking for was like, do you have other interests outside of work that, that you'd like to talk about and share that sort of demonstrate what, you know, how that relates back to your product marketing or like your life or you as a person in general. So I've actually been asked that question where like, hey, tell me what's not on your resume, but you think it's important that I should know. And I thought that was very insightful. And I started using that question a lot as well. And that has kind of helped reveal a lot about, you know, individuals and their interests and and their life in general. And we have found common interests and we have found ways to bond beyond just transactional. This is what you're interviewing for. Let me see if you're a fit. And that's helped a lot for me. Um, Absolutely. That's so true. I actually, um, so I used to work in an education startup and one of the questions we would ask every candidate, regardless of role, was teach me something. And so it would be an interview with any member of the team, kind of regardless of role or function, where we would just spend 30 minutes with the candidate teaching the interviewer about anything. It could be literally anything. It could be, you know, what are all the different varieties of apples? It could be like, how do you type roadblock? But the goal was you're really testing their communication. You're testing their passion for education, their ability to teach. And I really love that because I think it is so key to so many roles is how are people going to be able to work with people who have different backgrounds, different levels of understanding of things. And so that's something that has definitely stuck with me throughout. I love that question so much. I just made a note about it. And I love that you brought about like the teach me about something is so relevant and so important. One of my earlier managers here at Twilio actually gave me that advice when I was recruiting for the first time. So when I was hiring people and I asked him, what's that one thing that, you know, helps you make the case for like, yeah, I'm going to go forward with this candidate and not the other ones. And he said to me that if you learn something from an individual, then that's the candidate that you want to go for and he shared the story and I know we're kind of digressing but I want to tell you the story where he was conducting a coding interview and someone had to do a little bit of a whiteboard session and the the candidate wrote with a permanent marker on the whiteboard and that was shocking <laughs> because like you come into an office and you use a, you know, a permanent marker on a whiteboard. And my manager at the time was like, oh no, this guy's not going to get this job. I think <laughs> first he made that mistake. And secondly, he used, you know, his coding wasn't right. And then secondly, he used a permanent marker. And then he pointed that out to the candidate and the candidate said, oh yeah, I know that that's okay. What you do is you just then take a whiteboard marker and write on the permanent marker and then use a whiteboard eraser and it all goes away and it all went away. And then my manager learned something from that and then (laughs) got the job. So it's weird, but (laughs) 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 never know. You never know what it's going to be that excites someone. (laughs) Exactly. 
Well, this was a wonderful conversation and I learned so much from you and Ari, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners did as well. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insight about product marketing interviews and walking us through all the different ways that a candidate can win, especially when they're new to the role or even in the role and want to go to the next level. So thank you so, so much. Do you have any parting words? No, thank you so much for having me. This was so wonderful. And I think Sherbird is such a great community for product marketers. If anyone is actively looking for a product marketing role, please don't hesitate to find me on LinkedIn and reach out. I am currently hiring and looking forward to hearing many more episodes of this podcast from you, Nupur. This is thank you so much for hosting. Well, thank you so much for joining. And yes, listeners, please reach out to Aneri. Connect with her on LinkedIn. She's hiring for a lot of roles. So definitely do reach out. And thank you for joining today. Thank you for listening. And special thanks to our sponsor, Launch Notes. Whether you're looking to drive higher user engagement, build greater trust with your customers, or make a bigger splash on launch day, elevate your product marketing team with Launch Notes. See why industry leaders like Amplitude, Hopin, and Loom love Launch Notes and why you will too at launchnotes.com.